This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten, from Hey everybody! We're doing it again! Here we are! It happened one year, 1984. That's the year. That, uh, correct. That's the year we're doing. I'm Joe. <laughs> I'm not Joe. Yeah, we never really uh, bother with that. I'm the other one. <laughs> You are the other one. Uh, so here we are, uh, still discussing the wonders and foibles of 1984. Yes, wonders and, and foibles. Sure. I guess uh, that kind of covers it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as this episode's coming out, uh, this should be, if I've done this correctly, <laughs> the beginning of November. Uh, I'm not really sure, because like the yeah. way we pattern them out, and then if we miss time or whatever, but... Listeners, spoiler alert, true. it's not the beginning of November right now. We're not doing this episode live. No. But... You know, so when we pl- try to plan it out, mm-hmm. we'll try to look at these sorts of things. We don't usually key the episodes around the time of the year too, too much. Christmas a little bit. Kind of, yeah. The beginning of football, football. or something. Yeah. Um, or we're like, we'll cram a quick episode in yeah. somewhere. but Events. Yeah. But uh, weirdly, this is the one thing we do every season is November 3rd television. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, look, I know it just sort of happened. This is how I think a lot of things in our lives go, where we're like, we could... This could be a pattern. We could keep doing this. Right. And we do. It's just one of those things. Yeah. I purposely don't look at what day of the week November 3rd is when I pick a season. Because <laughs> I don't want to like yeah. have that influence it. You well, know? that uh, one well this year because it's a Saturday. Yeah. This year, 1984, it was a Saturday. And yeah. as everyone knows, Saturday, not exactly the greatest no. night for television. But weirdly, back in 84, yeah. they were still airing new shows on Saturday night. That's exciting, because that is not the case anymore. I, I don't think, think no. so, right? Um, maybe we should set this up for the listeners who have joined us for season three alone, ah. so that they understand uh, what we're doing here. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Yeah, and I do appreciate you not just going back and listening to us, you know, blundering through <laughs> 1994. I think 1994 is great. I mean, the topics were fun, but we yeah. were clearly still figuring it out. I don't think we blundered, I think we thundered. Ooh, <laughs> the thunder from the blunder. <laughs> That's, I believe, what could be the tagline of the show. Yeah. Um, so what are we doing here? Yeah, so this started in 1994 when NBC aired a series of shows on Thursday night, November 3rd, uh, all about a blackout, where there right. was like this running storyline through all the shows that there was a blackout. So we talked about that. Which uh, is and all the shows. I don't think they really do that too, nope. too often anymore. But yeah. like, I think there used to be something to that, oh. having like a theme night. Yeah. And like, and that, the thing with that NBC thing was it was all set in the same city. Right. So Seinfeld, uh, Friends, Mad, about you. Mad about you, and Mad Man of the People yeah. were all 
New York City sitcoms, yeah. and technically they all kind of participated except for Seinfeld, who, who didn't, at which all. chose not to. Yeah, but I do feel like I remember, like in the '90s, especially like musty TV, they would talk. There'd be commercials talking about like plots, the plots of the show, like Paul and Jamie, blah blah blah, and Chandler's upset at this, and you know, yeah. and, and like that was how they hyped up, and you know, come to, for blackout night, like and that. But right. I mean. I don't know if it's streaming or if that exists and we just don't watch network television, but right. that I think that's gone. Must-see TV and that culture is gone. It was wonderful. I think it's only if they do crossovers, right? If yeah. they do, like, all the Chicago shows, like mm-hmm. Chicago PD and Chicago Fire will do, like, one big night of shows. Yeah. Or, like, uh, when I was watching uh, The Flash sure. on CW, they would do big crossovers with the other superhero shows. Yeah. But that's about it. I don't think they do these kind of themed yeah. things. And none of the rest of these seasons that we're talking about have done anything no, like that. No, nothing like that. I do want to say that I'm very excited for the Euphoria and Just Like That crossover that's coming up. I think that's going to be great. Is that, is that something they're going to do? Yeah. Where everybody gets an emotional support drugged out high schooler <laughs> on Sex of the City. Yeah, that'd be great. Very fun. Um, so anyway, we uh, we did this, this first episode and then we thought, uh, what about the other shows that were on on November 3rd? And so mm. we talked about uh, maybe one of my favorite episode titles my so-called matlock which yeah. is where we talked about uh my so-called life and matlock that aired yeah. the same night yeah which we could not believe was the way that no. abc was doing programming amazing. back then because amazing how you threw those two shows together yeah. incredible yeah and that episode of matlock changed my life and so listeners we're not going to recap it here go back and do listen to my so-called matlock because it it changed my life i think that's kind of a good theme with a lot of these TV <laughs> yeah. shows that we've done is that a lot of, in a lot of cases these are the only episodes of these shows we've ever seen. Oh yeah. To this day, the only Matlock I've seen is that episode. Yeah. And it is so crazy. It's amazing. That I'm now like, is all of Matlock like which we said at the time sort of, but it's like it might be, and I like yeah. I've deprived myself of the or ten or might, eleven years of Matlock. Yeah, or it might not be, and it, that we just got that piece of gold handed to us. So. Maybe it was just that that show was running towards the end, and this yeah. is all they had left. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we did in season one for yep. 1994. So then last year, we decided uh, just I, just picking it out of a hat. Basically, we yep. were like, "Well, we want to cover some TV. What should we do?" Oh, let's see what was on November 3rd that day. Yep. Do you remember? So we I think we did. It was split up across a bunch of episodes. Yeah. Do you remember the shows? I'm pretty sure there were six shows. I can name some of them. Okay. Uh, Hondo. Yeah, which uh, was a western. Yeah, the western with yeah. the like the real people gang. That was Hondo, right? Right. Jesse yeah. James was in it. Yeah. Yeah. Hondo Tarzan. Yeah, with Ron Ely's side butt. Ha cha cha. Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, that weird family sitcom on the farm with the pig. Yeah, with Jerry Van Dyke. Yeah. What was that called? Accidental Family. Accidental Family. Yeah. Uh, what was the one with the tight pants? Yeah, the Ballad of Robert Conrad's tight pants. Yeah. What was that show called? What was it called? Well, if I knew, I would say it. <laughs> it was also a Western. No. It was Wild Wild West. Oh, that means... Yeah. Duh. Yeah. He but played Jim West, Jim, Desperado. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just singing the Will Smith song. Exactly. And there was a sixth one. What was the sixth show? Your favorite of the group by oh, a lot. Oh, yeah. The show that you were like, I never want to watch another minute of that show. Oh, and every time it's oh. come up, you've just hated it. Oh, I hate that show so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the guy's name. Yeah, uh, Barnaby James or something. No, uh, Barnaby Jones was a show. <laughs> I Starring said Jed Clampett. James. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but it was like that. It was uh, spin off of the Andy Griffith show. Uh, he was an army person. USMC. 
Uh, I don't remember his name. It was Jim Neighbors playing Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle. I show you hate it. Yeah. Oh, God, I hated that yeah. show. I blocked it out. That yeah. was so dumb. He just sang opera for like five minutes. He's got a was, great voice. Yeah, it was nice, but no. So of those six shows, I think I've seen other episodes of Star Trek. I've seen other episodes of Wild Wild West from back in the day, but I couldn't tell yeah. you any distinct plots. I think all the rest of those, those were the only episodes only of those episodes. shows we've seen. Yeah. 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 So. Here we are. November 3rd, 1984. Rolling in. Set the scene. Yeah. So, uh, I looked at it, you know, I was like, well, you know, this is what we do. Let's see what we've got. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday night, there were 10 original shows Jesus. airing across the three networks. 10. We're not going to talk about all of them today. No. We're going to do this in parts, and yeah. we can stretch this out. We have a lot of TV to talk about this year, because there were, like, a lot of, like, beloved shows that yeah. began in 1984. Sure. So, we're going to get to those at some point in the, our supersized yeah. third season here. Yeah. But, when it comes to now November 3rd, there's not quite the same I'd say emo- like our personal connection to these shows yeah. and so I suspect a lot of these are going to be the only episodes of these shows we've seen yes uh, so now to start we're doing the programming that aired on ABC that yes. Saturday night yes 8 o'clock Eastern here we go it kicked off with a little thing called TJ Hooker oh my god <laughs> the I- only episode of TJ Hooker I've ever seen yes I we just finished the, the funny thing about this is when Joe mentioned that, well, one of the funny things, is that when Joe mentioned we are going to talk about T.J. Hooker, I paused in my head. I thought, oh, that Heather Locklear show. And you were like, starring William Shatner. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. I forgot he was in that. I, you know, and like, I knew that there was a blonde on the show, but I couldn't have told you it was, yeah. it was Heather. Like, I, I didn't realize this is why Heather Locklear became yeah. famous, which makes sense, I guess, yeah. but I just didn't know. I thought she played T.J. Hooker. Oh, that she, she was the hooker in question. She does not. No. no. Well, this episode of T.J. Hooker did weirdly have a lot of prostitutes. A lot of prostitutes. And I question then, was that what this show was? <laughs> was this, are they just like yeah. a, a, a little squad who went and busted hookers because his name's T.J. Hooker? Yeah, that's like, funny. And they were like, well, this is what we're going to do. Mm. That's not the way the show turned out. I mean, I, we don't know, actually. Maybe. The only episode we saw. As far as I know, yeah. this could be it. Uh, so, uh, what are your reactions to the one episode? The episode we watched was season four, episode four, called yeah. Hardcore Connection. Yep. Uh, what 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 was your big takeaways from TJ Hooker? Garbage. <laughs> so it's a Gomer Pyle situation for you. <laughs> okay, it's not as bad as Gomer Pyle. It's in itself a little entertaining, but it is terrible. Yeah. Right. So let, just to stay positive to start. Oh yeah, it's great. To, no no no. <laughs> okay. We don't have to lie, but just to start and be barely positive. Yeah. It's a very exciting cop show. Well, the, the exciting parts were exciting. The opening credits are exciting. The credits, the credits really do yeah. showcase it, where there's just cars on fire yeah. and he's just sliding across the snow at one point, <laughs> and it's exciting. Yeah. But like the beginning of the episode was exciting. There's like people shooting and just jumping out of windows, and then there's like uh, he's chasing on a bus. Like it was yeah. exciting for a cop show. Yeah. Um, you know, in the '80s, where what, what could the budget have been? And look, I'm here to be positive. Exciting in a very reckless way. <laughs> like they would jump through windows without looking. Yeah. He just ran his car into a into. A, uh, uh, what was it? A, a warehouse. A warehouse. The finale's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Like, there's a lot of just reckless disregard, yes. considering they're cops. Yes. That there's just, the rules don't matter. Nothing matters. We're just going to go do whatever we, were we like, want. like, why didn't he get back up? <laughs> he's just going by himself. One man army to, like, because he's abandoned his prostitute sidekick and he's yeah. just going to go crashing through this. Yeah. Anyway, I don't yeah. think the plot matters so, so much. Sure. Uh, it is, it's some sort of nonsense internal affairs yeah. thing they think some cop is dirty yeah. he gets shot in a motel room and then tj hooker has to like r- redeem him by the end of the episode yeah like, before his funeral before so he can have funeral. like a good right. fu- and they don't show the funeral no it doesn't but, like, even matter yeah before his funeral yeah that's basically all the episode is what other positives do you have from tj hooker from this episode what did you like about this episode hair 
There's a lot of good hair. A lot of good hair. I, I mean, mean you good eighties hair. Again, you got Heather Locklear. Yeah. You got Shatner's wig. Yep. And you got Adrian Zamed, who's got just fabulous beautiful hair, hair. and yeah. that that really does hold up the yeah. visual end of it and guest star heather thomas who we'll get to in a minute but fantastic hair <laughs> she has great hair yeah yeah um that's it well the so you got dennis franz pops oh, up yeah as one of the he doesn't really yeah. have a, a resolution no. as one of the bad guys but he just he, runs away he right? just disappears yeah. i don't know what you know but mm-hmm. still dennis franz popping up that's pretty good mm-hmm. uh richard hurd was on it who later played wilhelm on seinfeld he's who got a couple he was like his boss his oh like, yeah you know who's an old man then but i mean this is only the 80s yeah uh but he pops up so yep. there's a couple like yeah decent ish act like guest stars uh considering what they're trying to deal with from the main cast who is <laughs> passable at best yes there was that one point where he was talking to was it the guy who ended up being dirty i think it uh or a different boss his own boss no yeah, it wasn't yeah. the guy his own boss and they're both like bad actors i almost said to you like i think his boss is reading off screen and all of a sudden they're like talking talking and then they're just screaming yeah. like immediately into screaming they're yeah. like and see that's the whole thing and, and this is what i wonder about the rest of this show is the whole point that tj hooker is such a loose cannon <laughs> and he just will not deal with any sort of authority mm-hmm. that when anybody tells him to to do anything he is just not going to do but that what he told him was not to do anything and he was like i have 18 hours left and then it cuts to the next scene and he's like i have three hours left yeah so maybe he didn't do i anything. think they just couldn't afford to shoot anything at night yeah. at that point <laughs> yeah. so they were like well we just gotta skip to the next day yeah it's fine don't uh, worry about it that's the only thing i could figure because yeah. between that and the fact that heather lacker keeps going undercover it's a pretty redundant show yeah. like it's yeah. just like let's go into this room and then there's the one bad guy with the shotgun yep and then he gets away and all, that just happens for the whole hour all their money is clearly on the practical effects right right that's it. it's car chase yeah. And and like the one point when uh, the the there's a bad guy wearing a leather coat with a shotgun. Yeah. He he had, he also has a switchblade and just a little pistol. He yeah. at one point turns to shoot at Hooker with his pistol and he blows up I don't know a barrel of something <laughs> and it blows up the whole street. Yeah. And you're like, why did they put that there? Why is there that <laughs> box of dynamite? It was just cra- and this is one of the and that's not even one of the crazier things no. in this episode. No. But can we talk about all the crazy things in this episode? Yeah. So that's I would say the positives. Yeah. Uh, and we can do an overall more uh, yeah. thing if we want, but yeah, yeah. What, what else? What else was in this episode? Yeah. So uh, I took notes, but my notes are just like the weird shit that was in this episode. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that Joe and I really noticed is that at some point, who uh, I don't remember his name. Who's the like their other partner? I don't understand. Like who was partners? I didn't get that. Oh, but like the older guy. No, no, the main, the not Heather Locklear, not Shatner, the the, the guy you knew, Adrian Zemet. Adrian Zemet. Yeah. yeah. He's walking around the office. It's just eating a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> so our... <laughs> I mean, it's a throwaway thing. And yeah. I guess most of you, you wouldn't really think about it. But why? But there is a good question there. Is like, you know, because they show Dennis Franz eating a sandwich. Yeah, sure. They show Heather Thomas eating french fries. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a standard thing. Like, yeah. to have something to do with your hands, yeah. right? The real question, though, is... So you're telling me Adrian Zemed's character shelled a hard-boiled <laughs> egg somewhere and then just started walking, walking around with it? And our question was... How long does it take to eat a hard-boiled egg? Yeah. You want to put something in his hand, put a cup of coffee in his hand, put a yeah. donut in his hand. There's lots of options, but then just holding an egg. Right. And, like, did they only shoot this scene once? Yeah. And, or did he have to keep half-eating hard-boiled eggs? He ate so many eggs that day. Yeah, Adrian said, oh, my God. Oh, like Jesus. So we were saying, again, having not seen the rest of the show, is this his thing? He's just the egg man. The egg guy. Yeah. 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 Oh, hang on. I got... I got. I need my egg. I, I need my a, egg. Where's props? I need my egg. <laughs> Somebody forgot. Shell that egg. One guy's job is just constantly boiling oh, eggs. Just Adrian like, oh Zemed's egg guy. Yeah. Go through like four. We call them Gaston. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he ate four dozen eggs every yeah. day on that show. Uh, there were so many generic 
cops. Like, just generic dudes. Yeah. Mostly white dudes, but even the ones who weren't white were still generic, and I do not know who any of them were. Ah. I could not tell any of them apart. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, the main cast, so far as I could tell, is just the four of them. Yeah. Which is Adrian Zemed, Heather Locklear, Shatner, and then James Darren is, like, the other guy. And... They would have scenes where they all just talk, and they're surrounded by extras. There's yeah. so many extras so on this show. Extras. Like every scene, yeah. has just a dozen people standing around, not even moving extras, yeah. but just standing there type yeah. extras, the, which strikes me as a crazy, crazy amount of overhead. The other scene, thing that seemed crazy is either they were like standing and covered in extras, or the shots were so tight that you couldn't see what they were doing with the rest of their hands. At one point, Chetner goes, "This really gets me right here," but you can't see his hands. No, so was pointing we to. assume he was gesturing to his balls. <laughs> yeah. This gets me right in the balls. <laughs> yeah. I got a feeling about this in my balls. Because like, anything was possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a a character who died on the show, and when she died, she was like, <laughs> and then closed her eyes. Yeah. Like yeah. you do when you die. Yeah. No. 80s style acting. Yeah. The yeah. dying was not great. Her last words, I believe, were just accusing uh, T.J. Hooker, I shouldn't have trusted <laughs> you, and then she dies. <laughs> awful. So that wasn't great. Uh, and then Heather Locklear went undercover constantly in slutty yeah. outfits. That yeah. Was, that was, I, and I do suspect that was the whole run of was she on this whole she was on this whole show i think so i think tj hooker only lasted five years or something but like they treat her very much like this is her first day and let's keep putting her like she's a she's a prostitute at the beginning (laughs) yeah for no real reason no she has like a side story where yeah. she her like boyfriend pulls up to like oh, yeah. pick up hookers and then he's never they only kind he never of shows him again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was crazy because she's like she's a hooker, right? They 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 bust some guy for soliciting her. This car pulls up and uh, he's like, "Hey, baby, like uh, I'll give you a hundred dollars." And then she walks over and she was like, "Paul," and he was like, "Uh," and then he drove away. <laughs> and then and she's like, "Get out of get here!" Get out of here! And he drove yeah. away. And then the only way they reference it is you hear her on the phone being like, "Ah, I I didn't respond to any of your messages." that you left me it's over yeah. at Paul and so I was like oh I guess it's the same guy yeah. and then it's her talking to her partner about how she broke up with Paul yeah that's it and, like the whole Paul story her boyfriend was soliciting prostitutes and yeah. she's just like eh what are you gonna do I mean you know at least she didn't arrest him I don't know but yeah. like I don't understand if he was somebody we were supposed to have already known I don't know and yeah. that I guess would be a moment but if he's if he was that important to the show yeah. why did he doesn't come back at all right yeah. right it was so that crazy. was nothing but yeah. yeah but she then she was also undercover yeah. when they went to that weird gambling parlor yeah so yeah. Twice yes. in the one episode. So much undercover. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that she was just holding in her hands a picture of the mugshot of the person <laughs> she was looking for. <laughs> She's just waiting as people are coming out of the gambling parlor just with the like, holding he- it. literally holding in her hand yeah. just looking back and forth from the door is yeah. really something. When uh, she sneaks out the back and that's where Hooker catches it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and to that point, we have to talk about. Well, is there anything else to talk about? No, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we have to talk about Heather Thomas. Yeah. Because <laughs> what in the hell? She is maybe one of the worst actresses I've ever seen. I mean, this is the real question, because she was a real star in the 80s. Yeah. And, like, I knew her name, but I couldn't have picked her out of a lineup. And then, yeah. so we watched half the episode before I was like, oh, that's Heather Thomas, because we had seen her name in the opening yeah, yeah. credits. And, yeah, she's really bad. And so I don't yeah. understand, is that this show? Yeah. Is that, like, the writing on the show is pretty bad. Yeah. Is it that? But it's also, like, there was no directing. Like, yeah. she just, they were just like, do whatever you want, and this is what she chose yeah. to do. Yeah, it was like, the, it was, she was supposed to be, like, jokey and kind of flirty with Shatner, which was weird. Yeah. Uh, but that she delivered all of it so awkwardly and yeah. sort of in a doofy way yeah. that it just didn't work with how she looked, who she was supposed to be, the tone of the show. Yeah. Like, it just didn't work across the board. Yeah, so she's this prostitute who they run across because she knew... I guess the plot was it doesn't matter. She yeah. knows the prostitute they're looking for, yeah, right? Yeah. Who was involved in this crime at the beginning, yeah. right? And so then she's just 
on the case, basically. She's yeah. just hanging out. And so, as we're watching the episode, it didn't make any sense. And it only really made sense after I realized that was Heather Thomas. Yeah. Because then she's this guest star, so then you have her in it a lot. Yep. But even then, like, it doesn't work with the show itself. Oh, yeah. And she's not good. So I'm yes. like, what is what is this really about? So confusing. So, the only thing I really looked up after that was what exactly was going on with... Yeah. Like, who was this? Like, who, why is why did anybody know who she was? And Heather Thomas was on The Fall Guy, which was a fairly popular action-y show in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that's why people know who she is. But looking at the details, The Fall Guy runs from 81 to 86. So that's the whole run of this show, right? Yeah. During this time, right? But what I read was that Heather Thomas developed a pretty serious cocaine problem oh. in the middle of the 80s. Yikes. And so you take that into consideration, and you're like... That makes more sense yeah, with what's going actually. on here because, like, A, she probably needs to pay bills, but B, she's clearly coked out of her mind, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. And look it, I don't want to run down Heather Thomas. I'm sure she's a nice person. Yeah. I don't understand what bringing her onto this show and doing this. Yeah. What the, was yeah. it just guest of the week? Like, hey, we can get Heather Thomas. Yeah. I mean, I think your point is a good one, though. Like, it could have easily been her, her acting and skill set could have been exacerbated by the terrible writing on this show. Right. And so, like, to her credit, she had a lot of terrible lines she had to deliver. Yeah. And uh, while she, I think she did it poorly, she was probably working with some, well, she was working with some pretty bad source material. Right. And if she had actual chemical limitations yes. to her performance, yes. that would also explain a lot of what we saw. It's hard to work with bad material and make it good when you're high on cocaine. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, Stephen King wrote Cujo completely high on cocaine. <laughs> and Cujo's great. But maybe that's just We're different. We're not all Stephen King. We're not King. all Stephen King. Yeah. Heather Thomas certainly is not. Yeah. But, uh, but like even like inside the performance, like her voice is strange. Yeah. And like her mannerisms are strange. Yeah. And like, and then so only once I read all of this, there was like, well, I guess that would explain yep. it if she's a star. <laughs> like, because when we first saw her come on and like her first scene, we we're like, this is just somebody's girlfriend. Yeah. Right? Like, totally. One of the producers yeah. just was like, let's let's give her a line. At know? one point, she turns to two guys who are off screen talking to each other, and she goes, "What are you looking at?" <laughs> they were just talking, they're to, talking each other. to each other. <laughs> when she so she's in the gambling parlor. She's yeah. the one with the mugshot that they're mm-hmm. looking for. When she comes out before Hooker catches her, which is. 0.2 seconds. Yeah. She like comes out and she's got her bag full of money that she's ripped off from this guy and she kisses the bag <laughs> and then the hooker is right there. <laughs> and that was her whole shtick and I'm like, what in the hell is that? <laughs> like, it's it's bonkers. Normal human behavior. No, re- it's really, really <laughs> crazy. And so, I don't know whether I can recommend TJ Hooker as a yeah. show because as a show, I have no idea. This episode is so weirdly corrupted yeah. by this terrible performance yeah. by the guest star, who's a name yeah. that I, you know, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, yeah. They should have put Dennis Franz in that role. <laughs> if Franz had played the hooker, yeah. he would have crushed it. It crushed would have been unbelievable, it. but in a completely different yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Put him in a wig, give him some boobs, call it a day. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna wrap TJ Hooker here. Yeah. For two reasons. One, we're uh, structuring this episode a little differently. We're going to watch an episode, talk about it. Yeah. Then we're going to go watch another episode and talk about it so that we are, we're fresh. Yeah. Uh, also, our dinner is here. Oh! And I want to go eat it. We'll go do that. Okay. So, at 9 o'clock on ABC, following T.J. Hooker, yeah. what what little uh, program rolled out? I'm just going to say it. I'm going to sing it. The Love Boat. <laughs> Sounds exactly the same. <laughs> so, I would have guessed that I've seen episodes of The Love Boat, yeah. but having watched this episode, I, 
I, I, none of that is nothing no. for me. No, is it? It's really the same formula like every time, right? It's gotta be. I mean, I. So what I thought was weird looking it up was, it lists like three titles for each episode, mm-hmm. and I didn't know why that was. I was like, are they like segments? No. But no, it's clearly just three stories that are woven together, but yeah. they all had separate like writers and yes, team, the casts. None of it merges together anywhere. I don't know if all the episodes are like this, yeah. but that was a weird thing. Oh yeah, there was like no crossover. No. Because the crew wasn't even in really that involved in the other, other than the exercise one, right? A little bit. I mean, Steubing is involved a little bit in the one where he's like talking to the guys. So without getting okay. into the plot <laughs> too right. much, there's, uh, so, I mean, if you're a Love Boat fan, which I don't know who that would be who's <laughs> listening to this show, but yeah. uh, this is a Charo episode. <laughs> Very so, exciting. which is a, a, what we've discovered is like a it's like a one in five chance that it's going to be true. No, one no. in one in one 10? in twenty five. Oh, right. She was in, yeah. So, yeah. so what we discovered was Gavin McLeod was in two hundred and fifty episodes of The Love Boat, which I believe is every episode, and Charo was in ten. It's so many episodes. Yeah. Like how? That's what ten years. It was on 11 like 10, years? 11 years. Yeah. yeah, it was on a long time. Oh, it's so many episodes. But yeah, but Charo popping up is always like yeah. That that seems like just the, the quintessential thing. It's yeah. like the Harlem Globetrotters being on Scooby Doo. Like it's yeah. always a great thing when yeah. it happened, right? It's very exciting. So this is a Charo episode, and she's like an aerobics instructor. Yep. There's also a plot where two, one brother is is betting the other one that he's gonna fall in love by the end of yeah. the cruise, which I guess is a pretty common thing for the love boat. And the third one is uh, an old oh. an old man who's accusing an old woman of being Amelia Earhart. <laughs> and she's not, right? Uh, well, it doesn't say. Yeah, exactly. I think she's it not. Left, it's left somewhat unresolved. I think that's insane. But, so Stooping pops up a little bit in the oh, Amelia yeah. Earhart story, a little yeah, bit. A little and bit. he's a, and he's in the, the Charo part is the one with the crew, really. Yeah. Because she's like, works for the For the, for the boat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nothing happens with the the third story, mm. but really, I mean, this was a guest star show. Like that's the backbone of the love, yeah. Boat, right? Like I don't think that I don't even like nobody from that show right. went on to do anything. There was like some of them were already. Gavin McLeod was already a star yeah. when he was on that show, but nobody else really came out of the love boat, right? Yeah. Like no, I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, it, it must have been hell to cast. If every episode has multiple guest stars that this this the story relies on, right. right? Well, I mean, even this episode, like with I wouldn't say there's a ton of star power in this, but no. it is a Charo. Sure, you but, got your Charo. But Gordon Jump is in the Charo yeah. part, and he's now. This is only a year or two after uh, WKRP in Cincinnati yep. had ended. So he was a big star. Yeah, he's a name for sure. Uh, Ralph Bellamy is in it as as the old man accusing mm-hmm. the old woman and he was a movie star from way back in the day. He popped up in a couple pretty good Carol Lombard movies back in the day. He was in Hands Across the Table, nice. which is a, a good one. I... But he was in a lot of stuff in the 80s. Like his, He had this career resurgence really around this time. He was in Trading Places Yeah, uh, as one of the... Him and Don Amici were like the main... Antagonists oh. opposite uh, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy, you know, and then he was in a bunch of other movies as an old man. He dies in 1991, but he did a oh. lot of movies right to the end. Pretty Woman was his last movie. Oh, who was he in Pretty Woman? I couldn't tell. You. Oh, got it. But like he pops, so like he's in this. Like yeah. there are names. That woman you know. looked. That's. I was trying to look up, but I. It's, she was in yeah, stuff too. She looked really familiar. Yeah, the old woman uh, who was allegedly Amelia Earhart was Dorothy McGuire. Who died on September thirteenth, two thousand one? Unrelated, but she was in *Gentleman's Agreement* and *Old Yeller*. She was in movies from way back. Yeah. So, so there's a couple, you know, a couple stars. Oh man, she was in *Old Yeller*. Yeah. Oh. She didn't play the dog. (laughs) But 
But no, so like th- this was all this show was, yeah. right? Is it's just guest stars and anybody who could think of who had a career in yeah. the early eighties. I think popped up on the love boat at one point. But if they followed this model for the whole series, that's 750 <laughs> unique little stories Tons. that they had to write. Like, that's insane. Now, I mean, these stories are lazy. This, oh, this 100%. show. I mean, again, this is season eight, what yeah. we've seen. Season eight or episode eight, give or take. Yeah. And the plots are real lazy. But yeah. maybe it got that point. I mean, you have to do that many of these episodes. Yeah, right. You know, it's a network Run show. Run out of ideas. That's going to be tough. But um, as we were kind of talking a little bit about, like, what is the actual purpose of like what's what's the thesis of this show? It's called the Love Boat. Yeah, all of these stories did involve people just falling yeah. in love. Is this literally every story on every episode? <laughs> like, there's got to be one story where like no one falls in love and like someone gets robbed. Right. You know, like because even the Charo story where you're like, well, she's just the aerobics instructor. Part of the point of that is that Gordon jumps in love with her. Yeah, just because and they, like, they end up together. And they kind of end they? up together. Yeah. yeah. So like everybody does. So like. Is there just an episode where like there's just some like somebody's got like a, a like a, a pair of earrings that they need to find and yeah. somebody it's like and then, a mystery yeah and it's just like yeah. that's one of the little side yeah, stories that would or, be called the mystery boat right that's apparently not what's yeah, going on not, not what's yeah. going on here so so I'm again it raises more questions than it answers watching one episode <laughs> of the love boat uh, what are your takeaways from the love boat oh garbage <laughs> <laughs> do you like it more than T J Hook uh. N- no, it's tough. That's that's They're tough. They're pretty different. I besides them both apparently being yeah. there and spelling shows. Right. TJ Hooker kind of felt like an 80s show. This yeah. feels like a 70s show, it right? Does. It does. Um and I know it started in the 70s, so that might be why, 70s, but yeah. like when uh, Charo starts singing Footloose at the end, I oh was so God. disoriented. Not only because why is Charo singing? She's an exercise instructor, but fine. Yeah. And her like weird accent with which she sings the lyrics, fine. Yeah. But I'm like, this song wasn't out when this show was on. Like it, it couldn't be, but it was. It was around that time. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, I would agree. I don't think that The Love Boat feels like an 80s show, even though if I had to have guessed before this, I would have thought it ended much earlier. Yeah. But, yeah, totally. you know, but I guess it makes sense that like this show apparently was on until the late 80s. Yeah. I think what is the real shame of it, as we were kind of watching, we kind of said too, is the things like the people in the cast, the main right. cast, don't have anything to do. No, and so like, is this just paychecks? Yeah, like they're just auxiliary. Gavin McLeod was great; like he was a legitimately great actor. <laughs> and I don't know what in the hell he's even doing on the show, and why he did it for ten years. Yeah, like I, he must have gotten so much money. I mean, I can only guess. Like coming out of Mary Tyler Moore, everybody from that show ends up having a career. Like that yeah. was just that show, and I just assumed it was that everybody was good. But like, you know, even uh, Ted Knight, who didn't live that long, had another show. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have Mary and and Ed Asner did Lou Grant and yeah. Betty White, and like everybody had a career. Yeah. But, like, you're Gavin McLeod, and you did the love boat for 10 years? Like, where you just can phone it in? He has yeah. nothing to do. Oh, no. He has nothing to do. And, like, as a legitimate comedian, yeah. like, who was really good, I don't understand that. Yeah. Like, that's that's Because really he's not strange. even doing anything. Like, there is... And you pointed this out when it started. There's a laugh track on the show, which feels weird. Which is really strange. But, like, he doesn't do anything funny. No. At least in the one episode that we watched. No. You know? Yeah. Not, not uh, making a lot of jokes, really. Yeah. And I would think... Filming a show like this must be torture because you're just on the set all the time because yeah. you have little parts and all that, but you have barely anything to do. That must be terrible. Well, see, that's what I always thought about people who came from doing like some high-end show or something and they end up on a procedural because mm-hmm. you're like, but like they were real actors. Like, why yeah. did they do this? And like, I think it really is just, it's a consistent gig. Yeah. A lot of money. But like, 
if the craft matters somehow, like how do yeah. you come out of something that's really, yeah. you know, dynamic or complicated and end up on something like this? Yeah. Like, are you thinking about the most prolific TV actor of all time, David Boreanaz? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Boreanaz, I would say, consistently was on shows where he didn't have to do a whole hell of a lot. I've never seen that much of Buffy's. Yeah, I guess that that's. Yeah. I was thinking somebody more like. Like, um, everything that Matthew Perry did after Friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where he's just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I had another, another like, a what did Matt LeBlanc do besides Joey? Uh, he and besides did the show that, episodes. And besides episodes. I thought he did a sitcom that was just oh, garbage. Oh, he might have, yeah. You know, but, like, anybody who does something like that yeah. where it's just, like, you're he just phoning stuff did in. that movie with the monkey. <laughs> well, that was, I think, while he was on Friends. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc has a weird career. Uh... <laughs> But, uh, okay, but also, uh, uh, post friends, like in our current era, Matt LeBlanc is a prince, right? Like, he's <laughs> oh, a. He's, he's great. Salt of the earth. Yeah. Oh. Did you see he went on the Graham Norton show and he sang the Hand Twin song? It's the greatest thing. Yeah. And he was on there with Amelia Clark and she was like, Can you just ask me how I'm doing? And he, he did it and he's like gray and fat. Like, it was great. I think I saw, like, they were doing some sort of bit on, like, Conan or, or Jimmy Fallon where they're, like, talking about people in the audience and they would, like, just cut to somebody and, like, be like, and here's so and so and blah, blah, blah. And at one point they cut to, and here's former soap opera star Drake Ramore. And, and it's just him sitting there and he's just, like, you know, thumbs up. Like, you know, yeah, he's just clearly oh, game. You that's know? great. But no, I've always wondered about that is, like, you know, does it really matter? Like, if you get to that point, you already have some sort of big success. Yeah. Like, you know, do, do you, is it, yeah. do you feel okay about just like, well, I'm just going to do this paycheck gig for 10 years. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Or like, you keep like Julia Louis-Dreyfus, where you just keep pushing yeah. and you're doing like actively yeah, good like stuff good, for a really good long shows. time. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I don't know, you know, I almost feel like <laughs> if you end up on a show, not even that you're just in it, but if it's really hard. Yeah. And like, you're a producer or you're involved. After that, then you take a little, yeah. like, like say Amy Poehler's post parts oh, of her career, so where you just start like, well, I'm not really going to act so much yeah. anymore. I'm just going to host reality shows and produce things. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't feel like this worst. is a good use of your talents. Yeah. But like, if you come off of something really difficult, you know, yeah. not that like Gavin McLeod's part of Mary Tyler Moore was that, yeah. but nonetheless, like, it just feels like a strange thing to pivot yeah. into doing the love boat. You know how I think is a potentially good example of this is House. Because he was, like, a comedian. Like, he was, like, a real, yeah. I think, uh, uh, regarded yeah, yeah. comedian. In England, yeah. and then uh he, And then he was House. But, I mean, so he confusing. won awards as House. So, like, yeah. I don't know how how much of a, a just regular procedural yeah. House is. But, to your point, yeah. almost all medical shows are, yeah, some, right. are somewhat junky. So, mm-hmm. why would you do an American medical mm-hmm. show, no matter what the characters mm-hmm. are? Yeah, that's legitimate. Yeah. I'd say, like, anything like that, though, yeah. where it's, like, where there's just a question, like, well, why the hell are they doing yeah. this? And then they do it for a really long time, yeah. you know? like uh, To come back to our, e- our earlier show, uh, NYPD Blue, what was Dennis France doing? <laughs> I'm kidding. I think that was supposed to be Friends, a good I think, show. was a hard-hitting yeah. show. Yeah. I'm thinking something like, like say, but see, it's hard to say career-wise. I was thinking, like, uh, like Jesse L. Martin. Oh, yeah. Where he comes out of a big Broadway career, yeah. and then he just does Law & Order for a bunch of years. Yeah. And then he does the Flash. And then for he a did the years. Flash for a bunch of years, where he also was kind of phoning it in. But yeah. like, you come from stage money to film money, that's a big difference. Yeah, so that's maybe true. that's you know not quite yeah. the fair comparison. But I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to. I was trying to think of people who, you know, who ended up on a really generic sitcom yeah. or a really generic procedural, and yeah. who had stuff. Yeah, I don't oh, know. It seems odd. I got it. Ryan O'Neill. Why was he on Bones? Well, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I feel like later career actors who just show up as someone's parent is like such a standard thing. 
like it you know, happens all the time. Yeah, like Carol O'Connor, <laughs> Carol Burnett. I'm yeah. uh, mad about you, yeah. or you know, whenever there's always like that was my, always my favorite thing is when we yeah. would watch a sitcom yeah. we had no and familiarity with. And they're like, oh, dad's coming to visit. We would stop and go, okay, who's playing their dad? Yeah, I mean, and every once in a while, we would come up with, yeah. you know, well, a pretty good We get pretty guess. close, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the one that we really, when we were watching The New Girl, when we still watched The New Girl, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember when the episode is, is unrolling and it's uh, Damon Wayans Jr. And they're like, oh, like, dad's going to come visit. And we were like, who's going to play his dad? And we never guessed Damon Wayans, <laughs> is who it, which, which is who it turned out to be. And it was just so oh, obvious that we just and missed miss. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a little different, but like yeah. that's a fair. You know, what is Elliot Gould doing on Friends? Oh, Elliot Gould yeah. was a movie star. Yeah, and like in nineteen ninety yes. three, four Wasn't or five, married to Barbara Streisand. I mean, like, he, come but on, he's like a legitimately huge yeah. movie star. Like yeah. Carol Burnett and Carol O'Connor were big TV stars. Yeah. that makes some sense. Yeah. But, like, that would be, like, in 10 years if Clooney just turns up as someone's dad. You're like, what is going <laughs> Which on Which is here? definitely like, going to happen. Could happen. Calling it now. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, it just strikes me as a crazy uh, move. But, yeah. you know, like, again, everybody likes paychecks. And yeah. I think doing sitcoms are easy, you know? Yeah, but, totally. Man. I know we've gone way off track, but I, the other thing we were talking about the other night when we were watching Mad About You, because we've been re-watching it, is that, like... You know, there are these episodes before Paul and Jamie have their baby and like all of their family is there. And so, uh, you know, Jamie's parents are there and it's Carol O'Connor and Carol Burnett and then just Paul's parents who have always been on the show. Right. And like they have to be there when like Carol Burnett comes in and everybody cheers and like that. Whoever played Sylvia Buckman must have been like, what the fuck? Yeah. Disappointing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And Louis Zorch, who plays maybe the greatest character, uh, parent character on a sitcom. King. As uh, as Burt Buckman. Yeah. Uh, who I always again associate with the Muppets Take Manhattan <laughs> because he owns the diner. He's Pete at the diner who has just incredible lines. Yes. Listen, I tell you what is. Pipples is Pipples. Is Frog gone? Yes. Is Pipples worrying? Is Pipples looking? Is no come? But is Pipples working? Is water boiling? Is come? Yeah? Pipples is Pipples. And so I all whenever I see him, that's always where my mind goes. And then I'm like, but he was like mad about mm-hmm. you a lot. So yeah, he's great on that show. Oh god. Uh, uh, anyway, way yeah, off track. Way because, off track. You know why? The love boat's boring. <laughs> <laughs> the love boat is pretty boring. Uh, those plots were kind of nothing. Yeah. And like they kind of have twists, but not really. No. I really was hoping that it was going in the complete fantasy area where she just turns yeah. out to be Amelia. Totally. And it kind of does. Nah, does it? They could have been a lot more direct about that. Like, she could have been like, no, and winked at the camera. Like, that's what I wanted. Well, I mean, the freeze frame at the end is after she says something about, like, oh, I never like taking planes, and then Ralph Bellamy turns to the camera and it freezes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that's supposed to be the inception moment where you don't know what's what's the yeah, next thing that yeah, happens. Yeah, that doesn't even matter. Like, she could just not, like, would Amelia Earhart not, like, take, I mean, maybe after she crashes, but, like, did she crash? Like, if Amelia Earhart is still alive, she just landed somewhere and was like, fuck this. Like, I want to be somebody else. And so she would just stop, I don't know, stop being Amelia Earhart. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty underdeveloped plot. Yes. I felt like it's seen, I mean, and maybe this is just modern television mm-hmm. compared to television from the 80s, but it felt like the stories were way too compressed to fit into this thing. Yeah. Like they should have just picked two of these yes. and had that be the episode, yeah. right? Like, even the one about, like, the brothers with the weird bet, yeah. it's not a terrible story if they had fleshed it out a little bit. Yeah. The way it is, it's so rushed where it's like... You know, here, I'm going to make you fall in love with somebody. And he just rolls out some bimbo who apparently was in Porky's too. Yeah. And then, you know, but then the other girl who, like, is also in on this, you find out later. Yep. Like, she's also around. Yeah. That could have worked and then, if it had a little more time. And then when she's like, hey, 
bad news. Like, I am actually in love with you, but I, I did this to get money and your brother tricked you. He was like, cool. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, there's Whatever. no time to have, no. like, a I don't trust you and then they come back together. Like, they got to yeah. wrap this story yeah. up. So. Well, see, here's the problem. If you went with two stories, the story you have to cut is the Charo story and then you don't get Charo. Right. So, and it's the love boat. And so if you got Charo, you're going to give Charo lines. You got to take lines. Charo. Yeah. yeah. You, if you, listen, if you got a stud on the bench, yeah. you get that stud the ball. Exactly. Charo is the MVP She's of every love boat yeah. episode. Yeah. I mean, look, she had to have time to sink foot yeah she had to had time to do extended aerobic sequences a lot of a lot of moments yeah her wearing skimpy little things yes yeah she was only like 33 in that episode. oh my god she looks 50 yeah but like she i feel like didn't age for a long time yeah. but had reached like an old look from yeah. game shows my she whole life mature yeah, yeah. her body yeah. looked 25 no yeah she's in yeah. shape but like i thought she was just a dancer and yeah whatever. But I like I was surprised. I thought she was legitimately like eighty right now, and she's only like seventy. Oh, and so I was off by a good, a good decade. Yeah, Charo. Yeah, still who, hanging on. Who really was just kind of like she was a dancer, but she was like just a personality. She was a personality. Yeah, she yeah. was married to Xavier Cugat, and that was like how she became famous. Oh. Even though like Xavier Cugat's not exactly like a household name, but he was like a band leader. Oh, and that was like her whole thing. Yeah, and then she became like love boat game show yeah. person so yeah it's odd it's an odd it's an odd career and yet so identifiable yes yeah. very clear yeah you kind of always know charo but you don't know why right yeah right unless one you of, watch the love boat one of those people yeah. yeah like yeah growing up i feel like i just always knew who charo was but yeah. i couldn't tell you exactly why yeah uh unlike say heather thomas who's a name <laughs> that i recognize yeah. but never could have uh, picked her up yeah so 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 far you would say abc's Saturday night lineup pretty bad. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. Uh, I am optimistic to see how the final piece of this falls in. Finders of lost love It's never too late to find love Put the past behind So the yeah. third episode, yeah. on November 3rd, 1984, here on ABC? Pretty sure it was Yeah, ABC. oh yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, that is uh, a little program called The Finder of Lost Loves. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, never had heard of this show before. With uh, good reason. By far the shortest running show yes. of the three. I think TJ Hooker did five years, about 90 episodes. Yep. The Love Boat, as we established, was on for, I don't know, 30 years? Yeah, forever. Had 200 and some episodes. Yeah. This thing was a single season show. Yes. Uh, and aired at the uh, the ten o'clock hour. <laughs> um, how do we set up with this show? It so it appears to be kind of a detective agency. Yeah, I mean it's what it sounds like. Like the yeah. I was reading the premise, like how the the show itself is set up a little bit, and it, it is just like this guy, his wife died, and mm. so he co- he started his own detective agency to find lost people that pe- yeah. other people loved. Played by the great Tony Franciosa. Yeah. Well, is he? Well, so that's debatable <laughs> from what we've seen. Questionable. So the episode we watched, uh, titled Goodbye Sarah, uh, has uh, him just finding some 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 old coot yeah. looking for his granddaughter. <laughs> and that's basically the whole episode. Yeah. How, how much do you want to get into this? Because the plot of this episode is it's, crazy. It's bizarre. I yeah. do think we should get into it because I do wonder, like... You know, we talked about the fact that we only ha- we only watched one episode of each of these shows. Right. But, like, there's no way this is what the rest of these episodes are, are like, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Because uh, the main guy, Carrie, 
yeah. uh, gets a little squirrely. Carrie Maxwell. Carrie Maxwell. Yeah. So he goes, like, this guy wants to find a granddaughter, and instead of being like, tell me about her, he's like, take me to her childhood bedroom. <laughs> so they do that. He, yeah. like, gets her diaries, and her grandfather's like, I didn't even read their diaries. Yeah. And then so he was like, I'm going to read them. So he reads all of her diaries sitting by a fireplace. Yeah, and is, like, very... Yeah. into it. He does a lot of staring off into space. He yeah. clutches the diary to his chest at one point. So, I mean, there's a lot of bad directing. Oh, I think terrible is, directing. Is a key, yeah. a key element of this. It's a bad directing and kind of, and the writing is bad. Mm. But the choices that are made through the course of the episode from, from Tony Franciosa, yeah. from Connie Selica, who plays yep. Sarah, who he finds rather quickly. Yeah. Um, and honestly, everyone else. Yes. It's, it's odd. It's odd that where, the way this goes. Yes. And I think this is why it's so strange, like, can this possibly be what this show yeah. was? Yeah. Does he get like a little tied up with everybody, right? So the whole the whole point of this episode is like he he finds her, she's a drunk, and he like holds her captive in his house. <laughs> yeah. And sh- then she agrees, and then she falls in love with him. Yeah. Like, it's like uh, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. A little bit. Very confusing. But he also like lies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like to his like assistants and stuff about like finding her. Yeah. Kind of, and he never tells her that he read her diary. No, he lies uh, about that. Right. And, and Real it's, sketchy. And it's just weird. It's like so weird. And like his whole thing is weird. Yep. And like she falls in love with him through yeah. the course of this one of episode. Course. Yeah. And and he's like into it and not into it. It's very all confusing. at the same time. Yeah. Because he kind of like will say how like oh I don't date I haven't dated since my wife died and so a lot of it gears towards the idea that like. He's into her being into him. Yeah. And then he, but he also has some weird ethics by the end yes. of it that yes. he just crams in. Yeah, he acts like he's into her the whole time. And then when she's like, I love you, he's like, no, no. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, but look at the signals you've given up. Yes. You kidnapped her, for God's exactly. sake. She was locked in your house. Exactly. And the options he gave her when she was like, I don't want to stay here, he was like, we can go to a bigger house than I have. <laughs> Yeah. Or or he did offer like I can go to a hotel room and you can stay here. Yeah. But like Or I'm gonna take you to your grandparents. Yeah. And she was like, I don't wanna go and he was like, Too bad, which is not the point. No, right? she's not a criminal. No. Like that that's the weird part of this whole episode yeah. is that she's just a person and he just bodily takes her from a bar while she's drunk. Yeah. And then keeps her in his house. Yeah. And we're supposed to sympathize with his whole yeah. strategy here, and I don't understand that. Yeah. And look, uh bitch is crazy. And I don't think they resolve her issues. She thinks she kills people. Like, she thinks people die. Or, because of or her. things Because her husband died. Her husband killed himself. Yeah. And her, her parents died. Died in a car accident. And her cat died. Yep. By running out into the street after she spanked it. Yeah. So she's murdering Everybody. everyone in her life. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about her husband is she was like, I, I, I feel responsible for the death of my husband. And he was like, why? And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, eh. Yeah. The, ri- the writing was a little thin. Yeah. Yeah. So... What's your overall take on Father oh. of Lost Loves? Garbage. Yeah. I mean, right? Like yeah. it's it's worse than the other two. Oh, by a lot. Yeah. I, I wanted it, you know, I wanted to stay fairly positive. I understand. Sure. I understand why the Love Boat's popular yeah. for what it is and TJ Hooker's fun and even though yeah. this episode we saw was bonkers. But this show, I can see why this only lasted a year cuz this show is it's hard to find what exact what was the positives yeah. in that show? Like I don't I don't I don't have a good thing to point to and be like, the theme song's great. The theme song's It's Dion Warwick and uh, the guy show, oh, Luther Vandross. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, I think it's a Burt Bacharach yeah, song. Burt, it sounds yeah. like a James Bond song, oh, it's sort amazing. of. amazing. But like, yeah. a, like, like a For Your Eyes Only, not a, not a like, you know, Thunderball. It's yeah, a little, yeah. you know. But like the opening credits are even like just Tony Franciosa in front of like 
clouds yeah. and like it's just real dramatic. Walking through the titles yeah. of the show and like looking off into the into the distance. Yeah, but at one point he does like turn right to the camera. Like yeah. I thought this is like Bond. Like it's he's very, gonna shoot it this. Felt very James Bond. But that is the only really good part of the show. And I think that theme song was like. A, a pop chart hit, like a, yeah. a adult contemporary yeah. chart type. Yeah, song. I mean it was pretty good. Yeah, I think I, you know, in reflecting on these three shows, and we don't have to be done talk about uh, Finders of Lost Love yet, but in reflecting on these three shows, and you hear people talk about the fact that this is like the golden age of television and TV is so good now. Maybe I'm just like used to that. Yeah, but like. These shows seem lazy, and like the writing's terrible, and the acting's not great in most cases, and crazy shit happens, and no one says anything about it. Like internal yeah. logic doesn't matter. You know, the jumping out windows and not looking. Like it's just yeah. it's crazy. I mean, I do feel like TV, you know, before even the turn of the century, yeah, was so much just like we need to crank out tons of episodes, right. and so the shows were gonna get bad, and especially shows that like weren't award-winning type shows. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't off the top of my head know if, like, The Love Boat won Emmys. It seems hard to believe, mm-hmm. but I guess it's possible maybe in the early years it wasn't bad. Yeah. But these other shows, these are not these type of shows. I'm yeah. sure there were good shows at the time. Sure. And there's great sitcoms from this era. Yeah. But these shows, my God. Well, like, I really do think it was just, a, it's just such a machine of, like, let's just crank out yeah. content. That, like, they just had to fill hours. But, I mean, this is early in the year. Yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. this is, like, the fourth and fifth episode of all of these shows for this season. So, oh, and the fact that this is, like, the, the sixth episode of this entire series. And it's automatically, it's just crazy. Oh, my like, gosh. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. But, like, the, the premise of the show is so weak. Yeah. The the normal episodes must just be boring, so we're like, well, we gotta we gotta get we gotta get somebody to fall in love with him, right? Because like, we go through this, or like that just seems to be a thing. Like uh, Shatner had like a thing with the Heather the, Thomas, yeah, Heather Thomas, yeah. and um, all of the love boat, all of the love boat. Everyone yeah. felt like that. Like yeah. the the one episode, will they, won't they? Right, seems to really be uh, pre moonlighting, right? You know. Um, well, these were all Aaron Spelling shows, and so yes, even though you could say they're very different shows, one's yeah. a cop show, The Love Boat is sort of a, I don't know, a crackpot fantasy, mm-hmm. and then this thing, which is a detective show. I sort but, of, yeah. But the through line is all very similar. It's all this kind of cheesy romance. Yes. And the shows seem to be built on guest stars, <laughs> so far as I can tell. I don't yes. know what T.J. Hooker's really like right. in a general sense, but yeah. obviously The Love Boat's a, a guest star show, and this show... This episode is built on the fact that Connie Selica is yeah. like this show, and Esther Roll is in it from yep. uh, Good Times, and look, there's a couple people, but yeah. but then we tried to discuss like, do you want to get into Connie Selica yet? Like, we tried to yeah. figure like who was that? Like, yeah. I know her name and I could recognize her, but I don't know why she was yeah. famous. I think I knew her uh, for some reason for being married to John Tesh because he was yeah. on Entertainment Tonight when I was a kid, so he was on TV all the time, yeah. right? And I, for some reason, I knew that. But in, in 1984, <laughs> like, yes, Connie Selica did this episode of this TV show. Yeah. She was also on um, The Great American Hero. The Greatest American the Hero. The Greatest American That's Hero. That's that song with the, you know that song with the theme song. Yeah, yeah. I know the Believe title. Believe it or not, I'm walking Oh, yeah, yeah, That's the yeah. American I only know that from Seinfeld. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where could I be? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I must be out 
before I picked up the phone. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think I've ever seen that episode. It's I great. just know that song. Yeah. Um, so she was on that, which had 44 episodes. She was on every single Couple episode. Years. At the same time in 1984, beginning in 1983, she was on Hotel, which had 115 episodes yeah. over like three years. So that must have been on all the time. Oh. It must have been a soap, right? Like I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Hotel, it wasn't I, on that long. Maybe Hotel was like a Falcon Crest. It was a night show. Yeah. Yeah. But but that, concurrently doing two shows that yes. she was on full time. Yeah. I was saying like, do we need to do a Connie Selica episode? <laughs> she clearly was like she dominating a, TV in '84. Great night. If we looked at this week, she had at least three television shows on yeah, TV. Yeah, killing it. Yeah. So even though like, if you would ask me like, who is Connie Selica? I'd be like, I could. She was an actress, but like, mm-hmm. I couldn't have told you one thing she was in. I, I think it's mostly here. those two shows, and she was like the Candace Cameron Bure of the '80s, <laughs> yeah. right? She was on every TV movie there ever yeah. was. Yeah, uh, and she was married to John Tesh. Yeah. I'll bet I, I didn't look this up, but I would bet like she used to be get like nominated because remember back in the day when like they just had a TV movie category in the Emmys, yeah. But like there weren't good TV movies then, so yeah. it was just like any other random yeah. TV star. I'll bet you she she picked up some Emmy nominations for I, random TV movies. I bet she did. She she's did, not a bad actress. She like, won or was nominated for a, at least one or two Golden Globes for um, Hotel. Oh, I okay. think so. Yeah. Like she had some at least nominations. I think Hotel was a regarded show. Yeah. somewhat. I don't. I've never seen it. I don't think that was a had a big rerun yeah but i feel like a lot of shows from the 80s maybe it was just like when i was a kid in reruns it was just sitcoms i don't know where yeah. dramas were getting yeah. rerun. so i never saw most of the like famous shows of the dallas and dynasty yeah, yeah. And shows like that so so hotel i never bumped up against at all yeah greatest american hero i saw because oh. that like was a superhero show sort of oh. sort of oh. uh so like that was on i don't remember it real well but like i remember yeah. seeing it like in that sort of block with the Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman and shows like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she just like was on TV all the time, apparently. Apparently. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe is that the backbone of this show? Was it all guest stars? I mean, I think so. And I do want to run through much like what they had had to do with the love boat and what casting must have been like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guest stars that were on one season yeah. of this show. All 20-some episodes. And I'm going to run through the people that I know that okay. are on this list. And you probably even know... Uh, more of them. So mm. I'm just going to hit some of the highlights, but it is a very long list. Yeah. All right. Some people that were on uh, the, what even, what is it? Finder of Lost Loves. Finder of Lost Loves. I was like, lover in, of, in one ear lover, and yeah, just right out. No idea. Yeah. Um, Melissa Sue Anderson, who was on uh, Little House on the Prairie, was on an episode. Okay. Uh, Susan Blakely. That name is familiar. Yeah. Tom Bosley. Oh, nice. Uh, Mr. C. Mr. C. Uh, Joyce DeWitt. Oh. Buddy Ibsen. Oh. Uh, Anne Francis. Anne Francis was a movie star yeah, back in the day. Yeah, she sure she was, was. She was in Forbidden Planet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bob Goulet. Ooh. Goulet. <laughs> We're pretty cool. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. Uh, Michael Gross from, uh, nice. from Family Ties. Born the exact same day as <laughs> Meredith Baxter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Florence Henderson. Nice. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, who went on to become Speaker of the House. No. The guy from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think so, yeah. 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 <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> from the speaker of the house. Uh, Vera Miles, who was like an old school movie yeah, star. Yeah, she was a movie star back yeah. in the day. Um, Leslie Nielsen. Nice. Uh, Pre- well, I guess Naked Gun was around that same time. So <laughs> Mich- it's probably not a funny episode. Yeah, yeah. The Naked Gun TV shows around that time. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Phillips from The Mamas and the Papas. Oh, she probably sang uh, the song. She probably did. Yeah. Robert Reed, whose grave, grave we saw. We did see Robert Reed's grave. Who is... Uh, uh, he was Mr. Brady. Mr. Brady. And Florence Henderson was also on this. Yeah. Was it a crossover? Oh my God, how great would that be? Finder of Lost Loves, they got like separated at the airport. <laughs> oh, that would be and great. And Franciosa had to bring them back oh, together. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, Tony Roberts... 
Oh, we saw Tony Roberts in person. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Carousel here in Chicago. Oh, because he was in Annie Hall. Yeah, Max. Yeah. That's a good name for you, Max. Yes, yes. Dick Sargent. Oh, good. Peter Scolari. Oh. Dick Van Patten. Nice. Um, hey, how bad? <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> and, oh, D. Wallace. Oh, D. Wallace from E.T. From E.T. Nice. Uh, Marsha Wallace, who you'd know to see. Look at her face. Oh, she was on Newhart. Yeah. yeah. I've been yeah. watching a lot of Newhart she's, lately. She's all long face, big teeth. She's the voice of Mrs. Krabappel on uh, The Simpsons. Oh, amazing. She she died, but yeah. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. And and a lot of other people, some yeah. of whom you may... That is a lot of people considering they only did the one season. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. Oh, uh, Jan Smithers from WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, Jan mm-hmm. Smithers does not have a lot of credits. Yeah. She's great on KRP. Uh, she was on this. Bailey Quarters. Uh, uh, do you know who Ted Shackelford is? That name's familiar. Yeah, he was on Knott's Landing in Dallas. Mm. Like, just, like, so many. And I skipped over, pro- that was the ones that 15%, oh, wow. 20%. Yeah. Like, so many Chock people. full of guest stars. Yeah. yeah, one season. Well, I mean, figure, like, Esther Roll pops up. And that's why when she popped up, I yeah. thought, like, she was going to have been, like, integral in some sort of heinous plot that was going mm-hmm. on. Because, like, she was the star of Good Times. She's hanging out. She has, like, tw- ten lines. What she is the nothing. draw? Like, why? Yeah. Why would you do that I show? Think, again, when you get to 84, I think people just want, like, paychecks. Yeah. What's Gordon Jump doing on that episode of Love Boat? Like, nothing <laughs> makes sense. Like, just whatever. So, yeah. 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 No, That's it's fair. wild. Yeah. Well, Finder Lost Loves. Uh, yeah, I would say... I like that we do this because I think that we discover shows sort of. There's a lot of 67 sure. stuff I never would yeah. have watched otherwise. And yeah. so, you know, I think it's fun, especially yeah. our shows. I'm not really an hour show guy. Yeah. N- then or now. Like, you know, I, I tend to just watch sitcoms if I'm going to watch old stuff. Yeah. So, you know, getting to see an episode of Hondo or, you for know, sure. even TJ Hooker, you yeah. know, it's sort of fun. I, I wouldn't have known about Tarzan's side butt if not for this. Exactly. Yeah. But on the other hand, shows that only lasted a year, <laughs> it's like, say, Finder Lost Loves, probably best. Can you believe this whole show is just on YouTube? Like, someone <laughs> uploaded all of that. Like, you've got to oh, see this show. Who is the person? Oh, my God. Some uh, big fan of the yeah. show? Some big Franciosa fan? What was it? We used to talk about, on that one episode, the the who was the person who was, like, the big fan of that musical we talked about, about Wall Street? Oh, How Now Dow Jones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this one guy walking around who, like, and, like, they, they're queuing up that episode of our show all the time. Yeah, 100%. Well, they talked about How Now Dow Jones. I'm gonna, I got it. We Now we're going to hit the finders of Lost Loves uh, yeah, yeah. fan base. So I don't want to bombard you with trivia, because I know uh, I didn't prepare you for this at all. Uh, Tony Franciosa has appeared on our show one other time. What do you think that was from? He was in something we covered. Oh, I was like, he... He was on the show. <laughs> he, he came in. He was in Visitors. It's you, me, Dave Gordon. <laughs> he played Depensier before we bounced him and gave it to Perfetto. Uh, no, he's dead, right? Franciosa? Yeah. I think he is now. Yeah. What, uh, oh, Jesus. What was he in that we covered? And we don't have to draw this out. If oh, you, my God. If you have no idea, just say. But. I have no idea. He was the star of a film we covered. Was he in Fathom? He is the co-star with Raquel Welch in Fathom. <laughs> Tony Franciosa, returning to the show. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I don't remember him at all in that movie. Maybe no. that's just his presence. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I feel like I would have remembered him because he had the crazy eyes the whole time. So this is the thing. I think there is something specific about this show yeah. and that performance because I don't understand why he acts the way he does throughout that episode. Mm-hmm. So I would blame the directing more than anything. But it's also how he acts in his shadow in the opening credits. Right? Well, that's very. I think he's just because his character is supposed character. to be wounded. Yeah, like yeah. his wife has just died, and, and now he wants he's to. He's bad at playing that. Right. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know what to do with that. But Tony Franciosa was in a lot of like. I remember him was playing a lot of cops. Sure. Or like gangsters, sort of in the seventies. Uh-huh. I only really he was in um 
a really good black exploitation movie called Across 110th Street. Okay. That has a great theme song. And I remember him in that and like just always kind of playing seedy characters. So then when he has to play this rich, yeah. you know, wounded, you know, romantic character, he yeah. clearly is not equipped for no. this. And so his performance is, is bizarre. Yeah. But I don't really know if you can blame him necessarily for this or is it just was he enough of a name to anchor this show? I, I would say no. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that seems to be maybe the I mean, strategy. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, remind me, like, uh, give me the high level of the Fathom plot and that he, like, who was he in Fathom? I think, so she. Oh I know the, the plot was a little complicated. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think he's the good guy of the, there's the two guys. Mm. I think he's the good guy. Because kept going back and forth about who was the good guy, like, in the planes at the end. Right, right. So he was probably flying one of the planes at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. He's, I mean, he's the other name person yeah. in that cast. And I want to say he's the one, like, she gets recruited to kind of, like, help them yes. out. Because she's, like, a... Yep. Diver. What? She's well, a diver. diver. She's a skydiver. Yeah. And, like, they're, like, spies or something. I think yeah. he's the guy who, like, recruits her. And he's, oh, like, a good okay. guy. So, yeah. so I remember he plays it very bouncy. Like, he's very light. Yeah. But... You know, I, and like I think it's just because that whole movie is structured so that you don't know who the yeah. bad guy is. Yeah, you get a guy like him who plays a lot of bad guys. Yeah. that can kind of work that way. Yeah, and I think that's why maybe uh, Carrie Maxwell comes off so creepy. Yeah. in the Finder of Lost so Loves because creepy. he plays bad guys. Yeah, and so I think his his dead soulless looks. He seems like a psychopath the whole time. That's what we were saying is like if this was a TV movie as opposed to a series. Yeah, halfway through it, you would think this guy's gonna kill her. Like yeah. this guy's crazy. Totally. Like you know yeah. none of the, what he's doing is makes sense. Yeah. and his performance is very yeah. is very convoluted in such a way that like you think he's you never understand his motivation. Yeah, like he's a killer or something, yeah. or he wants to like make her his slave like it's really strange and he releases her back to her grandparents of no choice of her own at the end and then they like walk up the stairs and they're talking and he like looks at where they were and he's like goodbye sarah (laughs) and it's so weird it's so weird it's weird anyway but like i think even the little conversations he has with his dead wife's sister sister, yeah are very much kind of like that he's like into this that this young hot yeah. girl was like into I, him i thought they might have dated just because their tension was so weird yeah until like three quarters of the way through the episode when she was like oh he's married to my, he was married to my dead sister I'm like, yeah yeah well, i guess they didn't date then you yeah. know like it was this is very... the problem with jumping into the sixth yeah, episode for of the sure show. so if anybody so has ever watched the finder of lost loves if you have any more insight into what in the hell is going on <laughs> tell us in the overall plot yeah uh, way in because my god like i i it doesn't it doesn't feel like a show that could possibly have even as many episodes as it does. <laughs> but what the hell? Like, yeah. how does it progress? Like, what, are all the show are all the episodes this crazy? Like, it, it's such a strange uh, uh, plot and such a strange character to be at the center of this show. Yeah. So it, it, it's strange across the board. Yeah. And we knew it wasn't going to be great when in the first scene they like it's like him and the like. The sister and the... People who work at the office. The, the, yeah, there's like three people that work at the office. There's like an old lady. There's the sister who I think is like yeah. his, you know, code. A younger yeah. dude with a hairdo. And a young dude with a hairdo. The three of them are talking and all of a sudden the young dude with the hairdo goes, well, I've got an appointment. And he just leaves. He just leaves. Or something like that. Yeah. It's it, like a room moment. It, yeah. It's like yeah. Denny just being like, well, I gotta go. And yeah. he just leaves. <laughs> like, it was so strange. So oh, It was so weird. Yeah. Also, I'd like to go back for a second and make a strong statement. I think... Uh, second to speed, Fathom is the greatest work of art we have covered on this show. <laughs> we maybe we haven't done enough movies, <laughs> and we did an episode that was kind of about 
uh, Edward Munch's The Scream. <laughs> but I still think Fathom is the second greatest work of art we've covered. I mean, it's an, that is the more I reflect on it. Yeah, that is an amazing movie. It's a really enjoyable movie. Yeah, yeah, highly yeah. recommend. I'm excited for for as we go forward in '84 uh, because there's a really a lot of movies I wanna I'd mm-hmm. like to cover, and hopefully this season is long enough yeah. to be able to do that. So far, we've only done Splash. Yeah, uh, and to a lesser degree. <laughs> Splash too, but coming up, I think we can really get Hitting into some priorities. corners. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, no, we need something to compete with yeah. the speeds and fathoms of the first yeah. two seasons. So yep, psyched. So that's ABC, the uh, uh, November third, nineteen eighty four lineup coming soon. We're not going to do it. This is next the next episode. Soon we'll cover <laughs> we're CBS and NBC. Minute, yeah, but. but I mean overall there are there's 10 shows to talk about. We're going to talk about all of them. And we're going to get into all of them cuz this is just what we do. Yeah. And like there's a lot of other TV to talk about too, so I don't I don't want to burn out the audience on this <laughs> considering how long this episode's going to end up. This episode's going to end up being. But uh but yeah. Yeah. Uh I think uh you know th- this is this is our tradition. <laughs> November 3rd tradition. <laughs> I love Which it. should be the week that this episode comes out. Yeah, I so, think that's great. Yeah, so, you know, dial up that episode of Hondo. In, <laughs> enjoy. Yeah. Uh, go check out that side button on Tar- Tarzan. Yeah. You're going to love it. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Bob Conrad's tight pants. And the Blackout Thursday NBC. Yeah, also how you, good. How do you want to wrap this one up? Okay, I think there's a clear approach to wrapping this one up. I don't know the lyrics to the Finder of Lost Love song. Uh, that wasn't actually the one I was going to ask you for. Oh. I was going to ask you for the theme song to that Black Sportation movie you, you mentioned. Oh, I don't know that I can sing that. Um, I could try. It was uh, just like beep boop beep boop boop. No, it's because it's like a funk song. Oh. Like, Whoa, across 110th Street. Mm. Pimps try to catch a woman that's weak. Because it's a dark, it's a yeah. song about pimps. It's a movie about like hookers. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but I play that, you've heard that song. Yeah, that's familiar. I yeah. didn't think I would know it. And that, yeah. yeah. I, I like a lot that's of a great song. I like a lot of black exploitation music from that era. A lot of funk music from the yeah. early seventies. Yeah, that's so. true. There you go. Right. Across 110th Street, I think is Bobby Womack. Oh, yeah. So for all the Womack heads out there, there you go. You think he's related to Leanne Womack? No. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> this has been It Happened One Year. Please subscribe to our Patreon. It's just pictures of our fish. Fight.